Welcome to Figures in the Dark, the podcast where we tell stories of all things murderous, paranormal, and terrifying that go on in the dark. My name's Tori. My name's Taylor Shea. Welcome back. Hello. How is everyone doing? Um, We're doing... We're doing. We're doing. We're doing. Mental health check-in. Ah. (laughs) Mental health check-in. How are you doing? (laughs) I've definitely been better. I've been worse. (laughs) I mean, that's the word. (laughs) We're okay. It's okay. Our therapist. It's okay. We're somewhat okay. We're not. Please don't call the police. Please don't call 911. (laughs) Yes, hello. My, My client is gonna die what client is this my client what my client's a fucking gremlin can you you, she calls animal control on us us as people (laughs) that would be more fitting (laughs) love it i mean so we're i'll put it this way i went to new york this past weekend to visit des and i came home and the house was clean so i was like oh she doing okay but then i also tried to put all of our frozen things from trader joe's into the freezer and almost caused an avalanche so while our house is clean and dishes are being done and we're eating it's all frozen food it's all frozen food progress but I did do kind of good that I tried to give myself some fresh things. So, like, I bought a bunch of kale and I've been kind of forcing myself to eat salads. Mm-hmm. I made this fruit dip that I like uh, so Delicious. that I can eat strawberries. So, like, although it's not the healthiest dip in the world, it is a vehicle for fruit. So I'm still getting <laughs> vehicle. A, a vehicle for fruit. <laughs> Shove that shit. Shove Get it in, in there. So well, it's kind of like how I eat carrots with ranch. Yeah. Okay. First of all, I want to side note something that tay sent me last <laughs> night it was a tweet that said something alone let me have, I have to find it it's so <laughs> it side so note nasty. i like ranch like i'm one of those people bitches who like you i dip everything in ranch <laughs> okay i don't drink like okay and i'm not but i'm not one of those people who like will take a chicken tender and scoop out an entire thing of ranch i dip okay i'm a dipper dip. i'm not a scooper yeah because that's gross my mom's a scooper i think it's fucking gross but oh, so Tay sent me this thing last night as I was driving home from work, 11.49 p.m. on a fucking Friday. Yeah. Everyone thinks I'm out drinking eggnog, but I'm actually enjoying a nice warm mug of Hidden Valley Ranch. And when <laughs> I say I was driving home at 11.50 at night and I made, I wanted to fucking vom, I genuinely mean, I was like, that is fucking disgusting. Well, I think the follow-up message I sent to you later the night also made you think... I'm gonna bomb. <laughs> was it the the one? With the yeah. So it was that, and then because we use Messenger, if you look right yeah. after it, at twelve fifty three, mind you, this bitch scared the shit out of me yes. when I came home, as as per normal. Yeah. But she texted me ten fifth twelve fifty three a.m. Oh my god, I'm so excited! Disney Plus has Home Alone three, and then I replied to the ranch one saying you're fucking nasty. Yeah. And I want to let you know that hell yes. truth for both. Yes. I knew that that applied for both. That it was like, no. Home Alone 3 yeah. is my favorite one. Okay. And I'm about to say something very controversial. Yeah. I don't like Home Alone movies. They're not like... They're kind of stupid. Yeah. They're a little much. I like them. I think they're kind of fun. Like, I like Macaulay Culkin. Mm-hmm. Sadly enough, because I'm a fucked up person, I think my favorite Macaulay Culkin movie is The Good Son, which is basically like... It's like the bad seed basically i have no idea those are just a bunch of words okay so the bad seed is a play that was made in i think the 50s that is basically about a little girl who's basically like the devil and is like murdering other children blue ivy yes the antichrist yes the antichrist so we're back to an episode we haven't released yet so yes macaulay Culkin is basically like he's like it's like if you combined bad seed with the orphan except for he wasn't adopted i but he's love like, the orphan yeah but he's like a fucked up murderous child oh, in the bad. good son it's Hell really yeah. cool it stars him and um is he like a young kid yes he was mm. young in that and it's him and young um frodo baggins i'm forgetting his name <clears throat> elijah wood there you go my yes. man do you wear wigs have you worn wigs will you wear wigs Yes. Do you know what that's from? No. 
Oh, it's an interview with him and the guy who plays um, Samwise Gamgee. Oh. And he puts on this interview, this voice. He's like, have you won weeks? He's like, no. No. Will you wear weeks? No. No. Have you won weeks? <laughs> it's just like, it's so fucking funny. What it's been like going mean? viral on TikTok. It reminds me a lot of how you talk to me. You like yes. come in and are like, have you won weeks? <laughs> I only talk to you in voices 90% oh my God. of the time. Jesus fucking like... Christ. Well, on the, like I said, we've said it before. <laughs> Last night, this bitch scared the shit out of me. I was kneeling down to fill up my water bottle in the Brita and I hear, hello. And then I look and she's wearing an all white sleep suit. Always. <laughs> and just seeing this figure Leisure. come at me. You know what my first thought was? It's the bitch with no eyes. <laughs> yes. This bitch with no, no eyes, eyes is going to come get me. Here. Speaking of ghosty things, I'm so excited to tell you about this. Recently, I've been having some more paranormal experiences. Either mm. it's paranormal, I might be doing weird shit in my sleep, or I'm having night terrors again. Um, either one of those three is fucked up. Either one is very plausible at this mm-hmm. moment. Um, like we had mentioned in the previous episode that was released, why I'm not doing so good is that um, my family is experiencing a loss. So, uh, And it's a traumatic loss. Um, it was very unexpected and not at all mm-hmm. um, a easy or peaceful death. So because of that, our therapist genuinely thinks that it could be a trauma response that I'm experiencing mm-hmm. right now. But um, so the although I will tell you these out of order, but I'm going to tell you an order of which was creepier. Oh, lovely. So uh, a couple of nights ago, I want a side note that um, I had one foot on this on my stool. Yeah. And then um, you said, both I hope up. I'm going to terrify you. And then now both of my feet are up. So that's this how you know I'm ready for scary yes. things because my feet are on the floor. This is the unit of measurement for fear. In this don't house. touch my feet. Don't touch my ankles. Don't touch my feet. Too many rules. Bare minimum. Too many rules. Sorry. Throwback to the Baker <laughs> Mansion episode. Too many rules. Too many. <laughs> the bare minimum. No. <laughs> anyway. But so... The other night, the person that I've been seeing, they were over and um, had stayed the night and they drink from like some of the like the plastic travel Starbucks cups that Mm -hmm. I use. So they had one of those the other night and had left it on the nightstand on the side of the bed that they sleep on. I kept forgetting to take it out to the sink and get it washed and everything for like it was empty and usually like your daughter, your your tiny kitten she usually wait okay she's about to be not tiny she's about her birthday's in two days and she's not tiny she's the size of a blimp yes she's a little she's a big she's a big girl she's a chunker girl she's chunky anyway but she usually like messes with cups all the time oh yeah like a problem about she learned that from your son though yeah that yeah nudie started that anyway but um so usually i find like the cups that i forget to bring out to Mm -hmm. the sink like on the ground because she's knocked them over Mm -hmm. and shit like that Mm -hmm. um but so I fell asleep the other night, having forgotten to bring it back mm-hmm. out to the kitchen. So like I said, it was on the nightstand on the other side of the bed. Mm-hmm. I woke up at five in the morning because I have been consistently for the past two weeks been waking up at anywhere from three to five a.m. for that. no apparent reason. Fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck that. Usually when I would get woken up at these hours, it was because of your child in particular mm-hmm. and, or my kid waking me up being like, breakfast? It was mm-hmm. like, it's 3 a.m. No, we're not breakfast, getting fucking breakfast. 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 Just literally like bird cooing in my face being like, breakfast? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, absolutely fucking not. Mm-hmm. But no, they haven't been the cause of this for two weeks. Mm-hmm. For two weeks, I've just been waking up at this time. Mm-hmm. So I woke up at 5 a.m. the other night to find that cup on my nightstand <laughs> on my coaster where my water glass normally goes my water glass was still on my side of the bed but that cup was 
dead center, like sitting on my coaster on my side of the bed. That's fucking weird. Yes. So because this was 5 a.m. and I was freaking out, I like I nearly almost texted you and asked you if you did it because I was so fucking confused. Yeah. Well, and and here and here's the thing, like we mentioned last episode, like I don't go. I mean, we'll go into each other's rooms to get the cats, but like we don't go into each other's rooms and move shit around. Like if shit's moved or if it is like. It's like stuff that I took like, oh, if I needed the nail drill. Yeah. Or, or even like, like the other night, like I know you're like last night you were going to get noodle on, out from underneath my bed yeah. and you moved my like the the um, my nightstand thing, which yes. is like it's normal shit, like shit like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like mm-hmm. we don't go in and just like move no. shit like. No. And like I looked at the door mm-hmm. and the door was still nearly closed. Like it had mm-hmm. been when I fell asleep. So clearly, like, and then rationally, I was like, she clearly didn't didn't do that. And also, why would she? Like, yeah, especially at, when you're asleep. Yeah, like, no. I am like, never go I, in my room and no, do shit when I'm asleep. No, because first of all, creepy. yeah, that's creepy as fuck. And also, like... Boundaries. Boundary, yeah, boundaries. <laughs> and, like, I am... Even when I come home at yeah. night and make myself food, like, I try so hard to be quiet because I don't want to wake you up. Yeah. And so I would never even think... Even when I go up the stairs and I there's, like, a, a specific creaky floorboard when you turn the stairs to go into my room, I purposely avoid it at night because it sticks yeah. and it thumps back up. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I don't want to do that. And there's a couple in my mm-hmm. room like that. So I, like, yeah. avoid it. So I would never even go into no. your room, to, like, regardless. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. So that was one mm. of the ones that I woke up to the other day. The one that creeped me out the most mm-hmm. that I woke up to the other day. So it was the same night that that person was sleeping over. Mm-hmm. Um, I woke up at, like, four in the morning mm-hmm. to a man's voice screaming into my ear, wake up aggressively scream like when i say screaming i mean the loudest like a terrifying like unsafe wake up oh my fucking god well then i got even more creeped out because i tried to say like maybe he was talking in his sleep or Mm -hmm. something like that But he's he's not aggressive like no he is not an aggressive person it didn't sound like his voice at all um i then thought maybe i was dreaming or something like tried to say it was night terrors but then i sat there and thought about it i audibly heard it in the ear i was laying on Oh my god. Yeah. That's fucking terrifying. Yes. So. Uh, well, yeah. you know what's funny <clears throat> that you've been saying that? Mm-hmm. The past two nights, when I come home, because I come home late, the past couple nights I've been staying up pretty late because um, I've been working. It's been slow at work, but like not slow enough for me to like do whatever else. Like I've been coming yeah. home, listening to music, and playing Yahtzee on my phone okay, for so like you've been hours. That, I forget what the technical term for it is, but basically when you force yourself to stay up because you didn't do enough of the things you wanted exactly. to do. Exactly. I've been doing, yeah, like last yeah. night I went to bed at 2 a.m. Like, yeah, because, that's why I did that too. Yeah, exactly. Like I came home last night and you were, I was, I, I like, not gonna, I like fucking sped home because I, <laughs> I was hoping you were up because yeah. she worked till 8 o'clock last night and she normally mm-hmm. only works till 4, so she's yeah. always asleep when I come home. And so I was like, let me like go home and see if she's fucking awake. So oh, I, I sped home <laughs> and then you scared the shit out of me and we stayed up talking to like one, almost 1 30 in the morning yeah but that's that's how we know norm- anyway so yeah. we were we forced ourselves to stay up and then we we're both exhausted because mm-hmm. we wanted to shit and bu- sit and bullshit and yell yeah. about our jobs anyway so the past two nights i've been laying in bed and i'll play music because i don't mm-hmm. and if you know me like and my spotify wrapped if you if, if <laughs> any of my friends have seen it what my spotify wraps that i listened to one hundred and sixty five thousand minutes of music last year because I constantly why. listen to music. Yeah. I hate the quiet. I can't deal Same. with it. It freaks me out. So I always have music playing when I'm walking around the house. And so I put music on at night so I don't hear the dog next door or whatever. And I have, like, heard things that I've never heard before in the apartment. Oh. Like, heard it sounded... Okay. Now that you say it, and I'm not trying to, like, add yeah. insult to injury, mm-hmm. it sounded like a guy talking. 
but it wasn't like the guy next door. Yeah. It wasn't like that muffled. It was like this person was right outside my door talking. Jeez. Like, I don't know what the person was saying or what it was saying, but it was enough for me to like pause my music and like stop and listen for a second. And then it never happened again. I don't like that at all. Neither do I. Which I usually don't have very many ghosty experiences Mm -mm. that are male centered. Mm -mm. A lot of mine have always been female related, like the girl with no eyes Mm -hmm. and shit like that. Other than like whatever the thing is that was in the attic room mm-hmm. um but i feel like that was mainly your the house and yes not that was the you. house it was very tied to the house because that mm-hmm. person died in the house mm-hmm. but no i don't like that at all it, it's been two nights in a row and it's been around 2 a.m 1 mm-hmm. a.m where i've been in my bed like snuggled up in bed like my lights mm-hmm. are dimmed because i have, like dimmable lights whatever mm-hmm. playing on my phone and i hear something either like a thump or i hear something that makes me pause my music because I'm used to like the thumps of the cats or yeah. the thumps of the dog next door, or the guy mm-hmm. next door talking to his to on his phone, whatever. Yeah. I'm used to that. Like yeah. I've been here for over a year. I'm used to that shit. Yeah, we hear that all the time. However, it's <laughs> been weird enough for me to pause my music two nights in a row. Jeez. So I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I, but I think we need to cleanse we, the house. Yep. Because and do a little something. Because like, yeah, this is a little no. freaky. And thankfully, like nothing. I haven't had any experiences like that. Yeah. Thankfully, I think, and I like. Everyone can believe what they want to believe. Mm-hmm. I partially think it's because I burn incense every yeah. single night when I go to bed. Well, that and I am a little concerned that because of my recent loss mm-hmm. that like it's kind of like floodgates opening mm-hmm. kind of thing as well as maybe particularly like because that person had experienced a lot of ghostly and paranormal mm-hmm. things um, before they had passed that potentially whatever it is is just kind of like scooping over to me because Mm -hmm. they used to talk to me about it a lot Mm -hmm. so you were Um, you acknowledged it yes so then it's like kind of like oh well that other person is no Mm -hmm. longer here we're just gonna kind of like make a little appearance Mm -hmm. because i do think that that person had entities attached to them Mm -hmm. and like well i guess that that then becomes the question well what happens when spirits are attached to a person and that person is no longer here Mm -hmm. yeah where do they go yeah so it's that's fucking creepy yeah Yeah, that's and it's you know what's funny is Mm -hmm. i was gonna bring that up to you recently like not on the podcast just personally like what i've been hearing Mm -hmm. but i didn't because i'm like you know what maybe i'm just like tired but now that you said that Mm -hmm. that really freaks me the fuck out because it's been like if you're you know you know where my bed is it's i recently changed my room so it's against my back wall the back wall faces like my bed is against the back wall and the back wall that it's against is the end of our house like the the back of the back of the house essentially so it's in the middle of my room against a wall if i'm laying in bed i'm facing my 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 wall that couldn't my wall that connects with the neighbors next door Mm -hmm. um that like it sounds like it's coming from not that wall but like if you're facing that wall from like the corner where my door is Ooh. like it sounds like it's com- yeah. both times it's because i literally remember so pausing like my music coming in here not it's it look, it's, the it's, other it's, unit exactly it's definitely Ooh. something like where it's not doesn't sound like it sounds like it's Ugh. behind my door oh i don't like that at all no and no. so i think that yeah, we're going to have to do some cleansing, but yeah. I was also excited to tell you some spooky stories that I've now learned about my workplace because mm. super fun. I work for a nursing home mm-hmm. and I particularly work on a memory care unit. Mm-hmm. I was talking to and like have now been getting to know like one of our heads of security really mm-hmm. well. I think he's a really fun guy mm-hmm. and he's like really funny and he's worked there for seven years. Jesus. So he has seen a lot of things like mm-hmm. he's a really cool dude. Like he speaks three different languages. Oh. Oh my god what like language he, does he speak um spanish and then i 
English, and I don't know what the third one mm. was. He didn't say Impressive. what the third one was because he did say that, like when he was telling me the stories, if all of a sudden he's no longer speaking English, just tell him. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. I love that. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah. But, so he was talking to me about this, and like he really is very personable, and like mm-hmm. all of the residents love him, and he does a really good job of like trying to get to know all of them mm-hmm. and like be really about them. And like we were like swapping stories of like weird stuff going on because it was the full moon this mm-hmm. week, and unfortunately, folks. Mm-hmm. with dementia especially get really really weird during mm-hmm. full moons mm-hmm. and like because like they've already been like having some weird couple of weeks because they've been sundowning a lot mm-hmm. of my folks um which sundowning syndrome is basically when people have dementia like when the sun goes down they get weirder because they mm-hmm. get confused mm-hmm. um so we've been dealing with a lot of that for the last couple of weeks but this past week they were all like off the fucking oh wall God. and like we had so many falls this week and like all kinds of things so like me and him were talking about like weird shit mm-hmm. that's been going on because he mostly like although he does come down to our unit he mostly mm-hmm. patrols the upper floors because mm-hmm. like our unit has nurses and people there yeah. all the time yeah so it makes sense they yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily need someone yes. like him on that on floor, that floor yeah. all the time because like there's literally at least at minimum seven employees down mm-hmm. there at all times. yeah it makes sense so he was telling me about some of the weird things and like the one story he told me like every so often whenever we see each other he'll tell me a new like creepy story mm. and stuff like that which i absolutely love that is my favorite type of person that's how you, that's how you were with me before yes. we moved in together absolutely i love people like that i love anybody mm-hmm. who will share ghosty stories and he was telling me about uh some of his and the one that he chose to tell me about is that there has been three separate residents mm-hmm. at this facility over the last seven years that he has worked there. None of them knew each other. And none of them were friends mm-hmm. with each other. Well, three that he like genuinely knows of, but multiple people have said that they have seen mm-hmm. two little girls running around. I don't yes. like it. And he basically told me he was like, he 100% believes them because he, every time he has asked what the description of these little girls are, Every single one of these people describe them exactly the same. Uh, no, 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 yes. no, 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 no. I'm good. I gotta go. Yeah. And no. my favorite is like some, like they're always doing kind of some of the same things. He had one lady who she passed away a few years ago, but um, she would see them regularly. Mm-hmm. And all the time she would say that they'd be outside her door, like in the hallway playing mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that they were always complaining to her that they were cold. So because she's she was older and confused she knitted them a bunch of like sweaters and hats and stuff oh my god and like showed him all of the stuff that she had knit for them and was gonna give them oh my god yeah so like she thought they were real because of how often she saw them and how often they complained of being cold um and he's had two separate residents that they also have since passed in recent years but they had said that these girls would especially at night would keep them up and like be in their apartments running around and playing and things like that and would keep them up at night and he showed me a video that he recorded of one of the residents reporting to him it was literally at like one in the morning she was in came to him in tears because she was so freaked out and was so upset because these two little girls were in her unit and would not let her sleep and when she and he asked her like to explain like where in the unit they were and what they were doing she said that one of them was across the room from her like while she was laying in bed and kept talking to her and wouldn't let her sleep and the other one was sleeping under her bed (sighs) yeah (laughs) i really don't like this 
I have tears in my eyes. And he told me this at seven o'clock at uh, nearly seven o'clock at night in this basically ghost town fucking nursing home where everybody is in bed or eating in the bistro or going to a concert. I'm actually literally literally about to cry. Yeah. And also, my feet are up, but I still feel exposed because I don't have any socks on. (laughs) This is horrible. I'm sorry. I should have made you put on socks. This is so bad. And of course, my desk is like on the third floor, all the way in like a corner by an elevator, completely by myself. No, 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 no. And he's sitting at like my coworker's desk, just telling me this shit. And he's like, "Oh, okay, I gotta go meet someone for dinner on break. LOL, bye." (laughs) And like leaves me there. So it kind of reminds me of how, like, the one time you were telling me of your ghost stories at uh, our old job, yeah. and you and were like, just, "Okay, uh, well, I gotta go deliver groceries to a hotel residents, so uh, peace bye. out." And I was like, <laughs> "What the fuck?" <laughs> I was like, "I have to stay here during the dark." And exactly. You just did that? Like, what the fuck? Oh my god, I yep. hate it. Thanks, I hate You're it. You're welcome. But I'm so excited to hear of any of the other stories he will share with me. Oh my god. Uh, because apparently he has a lot after working there for seven years. And like we did talk about, and I guess like he has so many different stories of like people saying like near end of life, saying mm-hmm. like loved ones were coming to get them or saying yeah. that they saw their loved ones. Mm-hmm. Um, he told me a story about how there were these two women who were like best friends here. Mm-hmm. One died um, and then literally a week later she sat there saying that like she saw her friend again and then she passed the <gasps> oh next my day. God. Um, so what the I guess fuck? a lot of that happens too. Which doesn't surprise me. I also really want to get to know some of the nurses because I desperately want to know if anybody has told them really weird deathbed confessions. Mm, yeah, that's an yeah. interesting. That's one of the things that like, oh, yeah. that's one of the first things you said to me when you got this job. Yeah, I want to know that stuff. And I like, I need to like text. Um, it's weird calling him legally and in actuality. This man is my uncle. He married my aunt, mm-hmm. but I never refer to him as my uncle. We lovingly refer to him as hostage because he's so nice and like upbeat and it kind of seems like maybe he was like kidnapped and forced to be a part of our family <laughs> um, i love that but he's he works at a nursing home too he does mm. um direct care at a vet's home mm. and like he was telling me at thanksgiving that like he has one guy who like has reverted back to when he was in the war and every so often he was like oh bombs are dropping so they all have to hit the floor because <laughs> like you can't argue with people with yeah. dementia so they all have to lay on the ground until the bombs are done i so, love it I, I would love, love to talk to him and be like, do you have deathbed confessions? Did someone confess to killing Kennedy? I want to know. Tell <laughs> me. <laughs> Jesus. No, see, I don't think you would get that. I think you'd yeah. get some fuckers who were part of like the rape of Nanking or whatever that was yeah. called. It'd be those and be like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have these this album of all those pictures I took when I was, you know, being the worst person ever. Yes. I feel like there'd be a lot of those as well as like. I'm really curious, but I feel like in my area, there's probably someone who's like, I killed someone. Oh, yeah. Or like yeah. something like that. Oh, Like yeah. straight up like, I ran someone over with my car and then just never came back and like some shit like that. <laughs> like, I feel like there's going to be a lot of that. So Love like, it. I have to sit down with him and be like, hey, bud. Hey, hostage. Hey, hostage. Um, You want to tell me some cool stories? Some deathbed confessions? Please. Please. <laughs> Please. 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 I know you, I know you, we lovingly refer to you white butts for a living, but can you tell me this? <laughs> Share your stories, peace. I love that. Love um, that for him. Love that. So, okay, so I paused to put socks on, not because I was scared, 
because my feet were cold. Because you were scared. Um, and then as I uh, pranced out of this room, I turned on the light and said, I'm turning on this light because I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. And then I came back and I was like, no one can hurt me. I can't be scared because my peters yeah. are covered and my tootsies are covered. You can't mm-hmm. touch my feet. And I was sitting there singing a song to you like, nothing scary can happen in the light. <laughs> no, yeah. If the lights are on, nothing can happen. And then... Um, I was burping, and then you yeah. went, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous girls, girl. burping Burp to the, the microphone. microphone. <laughs> so, gorgeous, gorgeous girls are going to be scared and put socks on their feet because yeah. they're scared. Well, I.e. me. I don't think this case is necessarily terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's just really upsetting. So, I'm, I'm going up. to give, like, so many, many, like, content warnings to this. There is mentions of child abuse, child sex abuse, mm. child uh, human trafficking. Jesus. Um, obviously, we are talking about a child's murder. Mm-hmm. This one's intense um, with a lot of, like, the theories as to, like, what could have happened to this child mm-hmm. and things like that. So I will say, like, it's not Sylvia Likens level graphic, mm-hmm. but it is this child was hurt and abused mm. to nearly the same degree. Um, so if child abuse, um, childhood sexual abuse or mentions of it are too much for you, I completely understand mm-hmm. skipping this episode. If we'll not, see you next week. please listen with care. And mm-hmm. as always, like do stuff to be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. Also, what I forgot to mention earlier, we talked about it last night, but if you want to do something really kind for yourself during the winter time, uh, the best kept secret from massage therapists is magnesium lotion. Yes. We got some of that, and I, mm-hmm. last night, put some on my joints and did a little, like, foot massage for myself, and I felt so Body much better. Massage. It was so nice. Yeah. So, Highly get yourself some magnesium lotion, give yourself a massage, and skip this up, or yeah, take or, care of yourself. Yeah, or if you're going to take uh, mm-hmm. use this app, um, I don't know, or walk, listen yeah. to this app, I don't know, have some strawberries and fruit dip, have some yes. hot chocolate, take hot care chocolate. of yourself, do a face mat. Yeah. No, hot chalky. Hot chalky. No. Buckies. Buckies, buckies, buckies. buckies. I want coffee. Coffee, coffee, coffee. coffee. (laughs) Yes. So take care of yourself. Be nice to yourself. So tell us the case you're doing. Because this is like a big one. This is obviously really big in like news that is happening right now. Mm -hmm. Obviously, usually we don't try to do anything that's like overly topical right at this moment Mm. because like new developments can happen. If new developments happen, obviously I will update you. But um, this case is... Honestly, 100%, I've been, this has been on our list since the beginning as mm-hmm. one I was going to cover anyways. I am so excited that we, that it feels like we are getting close to finally having this unsolved case solved. Mm-hmm. I have said for years when any like true crime fan or people like that have asked me like, what is the number one case you want solved? I have always, first thing I said was the boy in the box case. Mm-hmm. Which I have <laughs> never heard of before because I, even though I grew up, I think I mentioned it before, in the Philly area, mm-hmm. like I grew up only about half an hour, 45 minutes yeah. outside of Philly. I never heard of this before. I've known of this case since I was probably about like eight or nine years old. Because mm. um, like I said, my grandma, like I said in the last episode we released, um, my mom's mother was really obsessed with true crime, mm-hmm. like super obsessed with Jamine Ramsey. So I mm-hmm. was like, literally I did my very first research paper in eighth grade mm-hmm. on the Jean Bonnet Ramsey oh, wow. case. Yeah. So I'm an OG like <clears throat> fucking oh my God. OG. M- OG murderino from like oh, the beginning. Shut the fuck up. Oh my God. <laughs> so I've yeah. been obsessed 
since childhood with true crime mm-hmm. and my that grandmother in particular she used to scare the shit out of us mm-hmm. all the time um with true crime cases not of like a fun like hey did you hear this case she literally would say shit like you have to hold my hand in public because i heard this when i used to work at ames there was a little boy who was kidnapped and someone took him into the bathroom and cut off his thing and he died in there so you have to hold my hand when we're in public i I'm love like, that fucking terrifying is that why you're as paranoid as you are yes. now yes Love this is why you. I'm constantly still as an adult thinking I'm going to get abducted mm-hmm. at every moment. So we went to the post yeah. office. Mind you, the place where we live is a mm-hmm. very nice area. Like there's some crackheads yeah. and some weird people, but like yeah. they're a very Trump territory, but like they people are pretty yeah. nice. Like they're pretty nice here. Yeah. Like I'll put it this way. Like I rarely lock it's, my car. Like yeah. it's, it's one of those. It's a safe neighborhood. Yeah. So we went to the post office the other day. I was out of the car for maybe two minutes, two minutes. I come mm-hmm. back and my doors are locked and I'm yeah. like, we're can you let me in? And no. she was like, oh, yeah, sorry. I'm like, sorry. I was gone for two minutes. I was literally like I parked mm-hmm. our PO box is right in front of one of the doors and I parked right in front of that door. Yeah. So I could literally have eyes on you at all times and you still lock the doors. And I get it. Yeah. I get it. Don't get me I'm wrong. Paranoid. But I was like, motherfucker, she's like, someone's going to take me. I'm like, you're, you're buggled into my car. Well, you're 26 years old. Who's like, going to take you? You're like, annoying. Like, what the f- <laughs> Who's going to take this fucking gremlin? Yeah. Like, I what? willingly choose to live with you. Like, what but the fuck? nobody else. <laughs> love it so Uh, yeah add it to your paranoia yes this is why i have the paranoia that i do and this case in particular i became obsessed with because there was also like a mention of it in the show law and order svu what what episode um they did a case that was very clearly like half inspired by this and another one i feel like i vaguely remember that it was a very stabler heavy episode Mm, um yeah chris maloney with that butt so it was in one of the earlier seasons Mm -hmm. but this case I'm absolutely obsessed with and so excited because recently there has been very big new developments yes. that I'm going to tell you about. So and we and I, I got these articles sent to me by my coworker yes. and I immediately sent them to you. And, and I you have, didn't even read them. I have not read anything. Mm-hmm. I have every TikTok that has come up about it. I've swiped past. So yeah. I you know nothing. literally know. Ab- the only thing I know is that he was well ta- like well groomed. Yes. That's the only thing I fucking know. Yes. Nothing else about him. So, so we like, will start with new. the boy in the box, which on his gravestone and what he had been titled for the last 66 years Jesus. was America's unnamed child. Mm. So in February of 1957, a young man was checking on his illegal muskrat traps around the Susquehanna, Ro- Susquehanna Road in Philly. Sorry. Ill- illegal muskrat traps? Yes. What so, a sentence. I know. Well, this is... 57 true and it's also philly so yeah it's philly it's weird i I wouldn't be shocked if they had illegal muskrat traps even in philly right now still yeah kensington (laughs) but yes so this man was checking on his illegal traps that he was not supposed to Mm -hmm. have there on susquehanna road out in philly so he was hoping to find that he had caught something but instead he stumbled upon a box dumped on the road with a blanket spilling out and from further inspection contained the body of a young child oh jesus So this young hunter, fearing that his traps would be confiscated if he informed police, left the scene without (gasps) alerting anyone uh, and telling them what he saw. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's one of those (laughs) things that, like, that's that's one of those things that, like, I'm sorry. It's, and great, it's the 50s, it's a little different, but, like, come on. Really? Like, that's one of the many times that, like, it frustrates me greatly 
Like, I get it. You're doing something illegal and you don't want to be caught for doing an illegal thing. But what is more important? Do you really think the police are going to throw the book at you Mm -hmm. because you came forward and found a murdered child Mm -hmm. and discovered a body? Do you think they're going to be upset with you because you're setting illegal traps? Exactly. Like, what? No. They're going to just be like, who cares? That's a nonsense Mm -hmm. thing. It's literally the same as, like, when kids, like... It's the same for all those years when kids are illegally drinking or mm-hmm. underage drinking and someone dies from alcohol poisoning. Yep. The police don't care that you're drinking underage mm-hmm. as much as they care about a child living. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, like, call an ambulance if you mm-hmm. think your friend is about to die of alcohol exactly. poisoning. No one gives a fuck. Mm-hmm. Everybody does it at some point. You're not going to get arrested mm-hmm. because you're drinking underage. You are going to get arrested if your friend dies. Well, it's kind of like one of those help. things that, like, people say it's... um the in the not innocent bystander law the um mm-hmm. it's essentially like if yeah, you're doing bystander law. if you're doing yeah. drugs with someone and they mm-hmm. overdose and yeah. you call 911 they cannot arrest you for possession or anything because you did the because right you thing. did the right thing exactly it's not like a get out of jail free card no. but it's a we won't we'd rather yes we don't want to arrest people who are like if you're doing drugs we're mm-hmm. not going to arrest you for being an addict and not going to arrest you for calling 911 and having drug paraphernalia yeah. on you because your friend is dying and you, they need help exactly and you're doing the right thing because saving someone's life is more important exactly. than getting arrested for doing a thing like, exactly and that's exactly what the police want to do so mm-hmm. i still to this day am frustrated that this is exactly what happened i agree which question uh an understandable question to have is well how do police know about this if this mm-hmm. person didn't come forward yeah after the police investigated is how they found out that there was someone else who stumbled across this body before the person who came forward did. Mm -hmm. So a few days later on the evening. Days? Days. Oh my God. A few days later on the evening of February 24th, 1957, a young college student claiming that he had followed bunnies into the bushes on Susquehanna road, attempting to keep them from ending up in traps, walked into the bushes and found the same grisly discovery that the Mm. hunter had just a few days prior. Police later come to believe that this man, what this young man was actually doing was walking through the woods to peep into the windows of a girl's boarding house nearby. Oh, fuck that, fuck that. But fuck this that. student went back to school, also without alerting authorities either, until the next day after hearing the news about the disappearance of Mary Jane Barker. So okay. this kid also wasn't going to say shit to anybody until he found out of another missing child. Jesus. So he came forward because of... The disappearance of Mary Jane Barker. So Mary Jane Barker was a four-year-old girl who had went missing with a friend's dog on February 25th, 1957. Mm -hmm. Or, well, she was reported missing that Mm -hmm. day. So in a nearby town in New Jersey. So Mary Jane was found deceased on March 3rd, 1957 in the closet of a nearby abandoned house with the dog still also trapped inside. Jesus. So the dog did survive, although Mary Jane tragically did not. Mm. Police believe that she had gotten trapped inside the closet while playing and was Mm. unable to find a way out, unfortunately leaving her there to pass. Oh, Jesus. That's terrible. Yes. So... He, the guy who discovered the boy in the box originally thought Mm -hmm. that that was the body of Mary Jane Barker. It was not, Mm -hmm. clearly. So, however, after the student finally did uh, alert law enforcement, they came to the scene to find exactly what they were fearing. They found a young, blue-eyed, light brown-haired boy, Mm -hmm. naked, wrapped up in a plaid blanket, stuffed inside of a bassinet box. Jesus. They believed that due to the cold weather preserving the body, he could have been dead from anywhere from three days up to two weeks before discovery. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jesus. 
He was 40 inches long and weighed only 30 pounds, and due to severe malnourishment, they were unable to guess his exact age, believing him that believing that he was anywhere from three to seven years old. Oh, my God. Given that he still had a full set of baby teeth. Mm-hmm. So he had been severely beaten, was covered in multiple bruises and scars, mm. including surgical scars on his ankle, groin, and an L-shaped scar under his chin. Mm-hmm. So they believed that his cause of death was due to blood force trauma to his head due to the wounds that they had found. Mm-hmm. And oddly, they found that the boy had been freshly groomed. Yeah. So he had been bathed shortly before his death or after as his fingers were pruned, his nails were freshly trimmed, and his hair had recently been cut as there was clumps of hair still stuck to his body. Oh, my God. Very odd. Oh, that mm, that's mm, I don't it yeah. really fucks with me when when people mm-hmm. who kill like killers will bathe their victims afterwards. Like and I get it can be a forensic countermeasure, but also like, yo, I, mm. Well, also, it's really interesting as a forensic countermeasure in the 50s to think mm, to do this. Yes. Yeah. So that makes yeah. me think maybe not maybe not so much a forensic countermeasure, more so a remorse or more so a maybe this person knew the kid. Potentially remorse or in some ways not necessarily purposefully a forensic countermeasure yeah. of like trying to get rid of DNA from the body, but more of like that this child had been beaten and they were cleaning mm-hmm. up blood. Yeah, it, it, that's what I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah, and things like that. So officers at first were hopeful that they would find the identity of this child quickly as they took the boy's prints and were ready to compare them with local records. So after news broke of the crime, police thought that surely someone would come forward knowing who this child was, but no one did. Over 270 police academy recruits oh were brought to were brought in to assist in searching the scene, and they found a child's scarf, a man's blue corduroy cap, and a man's handkerchief with the letter G stitched on it. Mm-hmm. So police found that this cap was made by the Robbins Bald Eagle Hat, co- Hat and Cap Company located in South Philly. So through them, they found that this particular hat had only had nine buyers and tracked down any leads through this. But unfortunately, this ultimately led them to nowhere. Mm. So after this, because they still had no leads and were no closer to finding even the name of this poor boy, the police staged a post-mortem photo shoot of the Mm. boy fully dressed and sitting up and released these these sets of pictures to the Mm. public. So this, however, still proved to be fruitless. But the Philadelphia Inquirer took great interest in this case and finding out who this murdered boy was. And in an effort to help, they printed out over 400,000 flyers with the boy's face on it and put them all over Philadelphia and Mm -hmm. put the flyers in every gas bill in Philly, hoping that it would bring more information. Mm -hmm. But it, again, did not. Jesus. So as well as the police department sent out as many as 25,000 circulars to other police departments across the country in the hopes that maybe someone in other states might recognize this boy or his relatives. Mm -hmm. They also at one time went through more than 11,000 photos of newly arrived refugees to see if any of them resembled the boy in the box. Wow. Yeah. So they They, went ham. They went ham. They tried really, really hard. That's good. So the Inquirer was not the only one that became obsessed with solving this case, but one of the original uh, 
detectives on the case, Detective Kelly became so fixated on helping get this boy's name that every day before and after work for nine years, he would search through hospital records and sit in warehouses going through all local maternity files, attempting to match the boy's prints to the footprints on file for each one of the babies born in the area. Oh, my God. Wow. Nine years he did this. Dedicated. Until he ran out. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. So joining Detective Kelly in his efforts to find the missing name, the medical examiner in this case, Richard Bristow, also became completely devoted to helping solve the case and assisted Kelly with looking through records and pursuing any leads that they could. Mm -hmm. So Kelly and Bristow not only were both completely dedicated to finding out who this unnamed child was, but they also both wholeheartedly believed in the same theory of the crime. So these two genuinely believed that this child had been the victim of severe and prolonged abuse at the hands of a caregiver Mm. and believed that that was who was responsible for this boy's killing. So, however, in an attempt to tempt the culprits out of the shadows, they convinced the police department to release a story into the media that the police believed that this boy was loved and cared for and that the police thought the boy died accidentally and that the dumping of the body was due to the parents of the boy being too poor to afford afford a a funeral. Mm. So, however, this false theory did not lure out the parents slash murderers out And this, again, brought them no such answers. So desperate for any leads, uh, five years after the boy in the box was found, Bristow entertained a psychic to help try to solve the case. Mm, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I never like when... No. Usually, like psychics are brought in because most often it doesn't really yeah. lead to anything, and it and... gives false hope to not that this, not that they have any family that's related yeah. to this boy, but if there's ever family involved, <laughs> normally it's a like false hope for the families. Yes, as well as like, although like I 100% believe that there are some people mm-hmm. with psychic abilities oh, yeah. and that kind of gift, but a lot of the time I feel like the people who come forward to police departments are. A brand of scam artists that yes. really make me uncomfortable. Yes, they're the same ones who are like, it vaguely reminds me of the guy who, in the case that we released last week, sent those messages or those letters to J and J, and we're like, "I'm gonna stop mm-hmm. if you don't bet the bet the bet Come and catch me if you give me money. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't insert yourself in a com- in a in a in a case that you have no no means to or no reason to insert yourself into. Like, exactly. fuck off. It's really upsetting to me. This psychist, psychist, decisive, decisive, said this. Do you wear wigs? Have you ever worn wigs? I wear wigs. This psychic described the house that she claims was the house that the boy had died in, and the description she gave him led to a local foster home that was located only one and a half miles from the dump site. Okay. So this led him to create one of the most popular theories for this crime. So Bristow believed that the stepdaughter of the man who owned and operated this foster home had been the mother of the boy and Mm -hmm. that she had perhaps that perhaps they had killed the boy in an effort to keep uh, her being an unwed mother a secret. Oh, oh, see, here's my and I don't know if you're going to go into this, Mm -hmm. but like. Here's my thought behind that. If they said the boy was between three and seven years old, yes. why would they do that at three years old when there's mm-hmm. three? Like, I get it. It could be uh, like maybe like they were able to hide it and the kid got older and he was running around. Like, I mm-hmm. get it. Like, whatever. But also, like, wouldn't you do that at birth? Yeah. You know what I mean? That would make more sense for a theory like that. Um, I don't know. I, I'll i talk more about like what I'm more in okay. the belief of because there's 
three very popular theories Mm -hmm. um, that have been circulated around right now. Um, The theory that the police believe has not been fully released as to at this moment Mm. because of new developments in the case, um, which I'm very curious to know the circumstances once they release that and that they genuinely have solved this case. Mm -hmm. If and when there's an update about this, obviously we'll do an update. And that's how I feel about the Delphi murders too. Like even though the person was arrested, once a trial happens and they're sentencing, whatever, obviously we'll do an update. So, but I will talk towards the end. What I feel is the theory Mm -hmm. that um, I think feels the most Mm -hmm. accurate to me or that I'll tell you like what my personal belief is and which one of these three theories that I like the Mm -hmm. most Um, but so Bristow the medical examiner who was obsessed with solving this case this is the case that he basically theorized and that he clearly believes the most Mm -hmm. so his backing for this theory was that in the 1960s, he attended an estate sale at the home, and while he was there, he found a basset... Sorry, the, the, the funeral, the, the foster, foster home. Foster home, okay. Yes. So, in the 1960s, this foster home had closed, it was being sold, it, there was an estate sale happening, so all of the belong like, for the most part, estate sales usually either happen when someone passed, and they have no living relatives to, like, really give things to, yep. or someone goes bankrupt, and the bank basically takes the house and then sells everything in it to pay back the bank. Yeah, and they literally, when it, like, when you sell everything, mm-hmm. they, they put, like, yeah. 25 cents per fucking spoon. Like, basically, everything yes. is sold. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah. So, clearly, um, because I will obviously tell you about the foster home mm-hmm. owners, this mm-hmm. was not a death, so I'm assuming this was more of a bankruptcy gotcha. situation. Gotcha, okay, yeah. So he attended in the 1960s an estate sale at this foster home. Mm -hmm. And while he was there, he found a bassinet in the home that looked similar to the one that the bassinet box that he was Mm -hmm. found in came in. Okay. Um, Which I think I forgot to mention. This bassinet box uh, and the bassinet itself, obviously they tried to like Mm -hmm. use that as a way to like narrow down purchasers however it would be extremely difficult because this bassinet box was just one that was sold at jc penny so, so it was very, very popular common. yeah makes sense yes so that also is why that didn't lead them mm-hmm. very far so as well as there were blankets hanging on the clothesline at the home that looked similar to the one that he had been wrapped mm-hmm. in in the box mm-hmm. So Bristow believed this theory for years and encouraged investigators to pursue it. So this theory remained on their radar for years. But in 1999 or 1998, police interviewed a man who ran the man who had ran Mm -hmm. the foster home during that time. And when they interviewed him by that time, this man had actually was no longer married to the woman he was married to Mm -hmm. when he had this Mm -hmm. foster home. But he was actually married to who used to be his stepdaughter. (gasps) Ooh, grody. So the girl that bristow believed was the mother of oh my the boy God. in the box um so yeah so he was married to what was previously his stepdaughter at the time uh, when they were living in the foster home that's so, fucking gross gross um so the two were interviewed and the woman had had a son that passed away in odd circumstances when mm-hmm. he was very young so she had a, a son who had died from electrocution from a nickel ride outside of a grocery store okay yeah so one of those like ponies that are it reminds of- you of like in lilo and stitch when they go yes. th- like the little rockets and stitches like like yes. those oh, it was okay. one of those he died oh. from electrocution on one that's of those. weird that's very strange yeah because like those are literally i mean granted it's also the 50s but like they're yeah. they're literally kids rides yes like, they're you, children's rides like i 
couldn't find much of the like what caused the electrocution mm. or the circumstances but basically during this 1998 interview these two were cleared by the police officers Wait, 1998 1998 wow so they were like old yes oh damn they were old by this point okay. as well as like this also shows police have never given up which is good because never. a lot of times you see cases that mm-hmm. are just like from years and years and years ago and you're yeah. like what the fuck is this you exactly. know what i mean he was discovered in 1957 he died Damn. in 1957 so literally like what that's 42 years later that yes. they're still in they're Damn. still I mean, this is pursuing leads we're, i mean considering this is a top news story in 2022 yeah that's 66 years 66 later. years later yeah. like anyway police have never given up so during this they cleared uh this interview they cleared them and they have not continued to investigate mm-hmm. them any further in connection with the boy in the box okay are they still alive do you know not that I know of. Because, I mean, think about it. If, if you're owning that home, like, th- that guy, that guy, I'm assuming the, the woman. He's going to be ancient now. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because think about it. You're, I'm assuming he's probably at least 30 when he owns his home. That yeah. means he was born in the 20s. Mm-hmm. That means he's over 100 years old, which or about 100 years old, which, like. Yeah. Possible, as, but more Possible, than but, like, no. and honestly, a lot of old, real, I mean, you know, you work with yes. older folks. Like, a lot of who, people who are older just don't have a good memory. So, like, no. I don't think it'd be even worth yeah. the time to interview him. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like. They have been basically ruled out at this point Mm -hmm. Um, so far. um, Bristow obviously went to his death thinking that this was Mm -hmm. the real Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So the second most common theory uh, is what they call the Martha theory. Okay. So Martha, or M, is the moniker that police gave the woman who they are trying to keep anonymous, who Mm -hmm. came forward to the Philly Police Department in 2002, claiming to be the adopted sister of the boy in the box. Mm. So Martha claims that growing up, she had had an extremely abusive mother who had bought a boy in the summer of 1954. Bought a boy? Bought a boy. Oh, my God. That she purchased a child. Jesus. She claims that this boy was named Jonathan and Mm. that her mother physically and sexually abused this boy for (sighs) over two and a half years. Jesus Christ. Yes. So she claims that in 1957, one night at dinner, Jonathan had became sick and threw up his dinner of baked beans Mm -hmm. and was subsequently beaten and had his head slammed on the ground before he was given a bath to clean up where he then died. Mm. She claims that the boy had always had very distinctive and recognizable long hair and in an attempt to conceal his identity, her mother had cut off his hair before disposing of the body. Okay. Martha then claimed that her mother forced her to assist her in dumping the body and was forced to stand in front of her mother's license plate when another passing motorist stopped to see if they needed assistance when they were about to dump the body from the car's trunk. Mm. She claims that her mother convinced the motorist that they did not need help and that they left and that she and her mother continued to dump Jonathan's body. Mm-hmm. Some credence is lended to this theory as there was a male witnessed in 1947 or 1957 that said they saw a car stopped on the side of the road during the days when the body could have been dumped, as well as mm-hmm. one of the details that police had never released publicly before this was the contents of the boy's stomach, which did contain baked beans. <gasps> oh, I just got fucking full body chills, bitch. Yeah. Oh, my God. Which- Side note, I will say, like, especially in the 50s, that is a common meal. Yeah. Especially but, for folks with not a lot of money. But but it's still, but like... How would she have known? E- exactly. That, and that's, like, one of those things that, like, like yeah. I don't know. I, I probably would have said, granted, like, a common meal today is, like, rice and pasta. Like, yeah. I would have said, like, mac and cheese. Yeah. Or shit like that. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, something that, like, I don't know. That's, like, very specific. I don't specific. know. It's very, very specific. Very spooky. Mm-hmm. 
strange. And what also lends me to be like a little, not sus in a bad way, sus in like, ooh, that's a oh, good wow. theory, <laughs> is the fact that there was hair clippings. It didn't say how long they were, did they? I'll get to that in a okay, little bit. Cool. Okay, cool. But yes. Anyway, yes. So as well as there was a local property owner that came forward and said that in the late 1950s, he rented a house to a man that claimed to have sold his son. Mm, I don't like it. No. Which also... Why are you selling why? your kid? Why are you selling your kid? And also, why are you telling people shit like that? Right? Just all willy-nilly. Like, oh, hey, I want to rent a house from you. I used to sell my kid. Like, why would you sell your fucking kid? Like, I get you need money. Yeah. Bro, sell pictures Which, of your feet. Like, come on. Nice. Sell I your dirty undies. I don't know. The feet pics, I don't think we're really selling, on selling like, hotcakes back then. Uh, that's why you sell but, your... Okay, there are still freaks back then. Sell your okay. dirty undies. Yes. Sell your sell your stain tidy whities. However, I do want to do some more research on it. I know during the Great Depression, there sadly enough was like an epidemic of people literally selling their children. Oh yeah, I've heard of that before. Yeah, yeah cuz so. they had no money and they couldn't care for them, so they're like buy my kid. It, it literally it, it was like a, a I don't say a win-win not obviously not for the kid but a yeah. win-win for the parent like I can't take care of this kid I'm broke I need money yeah this kid is going to a quote-unquote good home because they have yeah. money even though they're probably yeah. trafficked or whatever yeah you know what I mean they're a good home so the parent gets money and has mm-hmm. one less kid to take care of it's exactly. fucked up but it's true it's very fucked up so I don't know I feel like maybe culturally because people in the late 1950s had grown up through the Great Depression mm-hmm. and maybe remember that epidemic that maybe mm-hmm. that's why they were like oh that's strange but like didn't say shit to anybody about it yeah. but if someone looked me in my face and was like I sold my kid I'm like we're going to the police department right now yeah like, like where is that child fuck? why did you do that hello yeah like I'm not like a cop type person and i don't no. like hanging with them we are an a cab household yeah like i ain't someone who likes to hang with cops i grew up in the country and like cops mind your business we do what we want on our land <laughs> but like we grew up full redneck mm-hmm. but if someone said that shit to me I'm like oh yeah we're going to the authorities i don't know why you thought that that was a normal fucking thing no. to throw around no we out like well, uh, no no that's like, not what that's even, not okay even if say. someone looks at me and is like yeah i spanked my kid i'm like you fucking monster like yeah. if someone looked at me and was like i sold my kid i'd be like you, you deserve to be in the depths of hell my belt my boy exactly. like, like fuck straight you. to jail we are going straight, straight to, jail. to jail straight to the cops we will we, we will here we come exactly like they're <laughs> coming to get you uh, we're done exactly but yep this man all cash was like oh yeah i rented a house to a guy that sold his son um cool and the fact that this fucking guy weird. also like rented the house to him. Yeah, if someone said that shit, I'd be like, "Get the fuck out! The Why fuck? are you even near me?" Like, what the like? Our landlord like mm-hmm. is not you know the best. Yeah, not he's bad. not the most fun of dudes. But he's also like not like he he he's yeah. If we he, sold said something like that to him, he'd be like, "I'll put it Get this out. way: he was weird when we had a bad roommate situation. Asked him to change yeah. the locks for our safety. Yeah, he was weird about that. Like well, to change that was money he had to spend. Yeah, but also like. When we were set, every time yeah. we talk to him, he acts like it's an inconvenience. Yes. And it's like, what if we told him we sold a kid? He probably wouldn't bat an eye. He'd be like, Actually, oh, he probably wouldn't. Cool. Yeah, no. He'd, He'd probably, probably be like, like So you have more cool. money to pay for my laundry? Yeah, basically. You can like, pay your um, rent better now? Bet. Are you going to pay more rent then? No. Cool. No. <laughs> Fix my apartment. <laughs> so, however, this theory has stalled as Martha has been verified to be suffering from extreme mental illnesses mm. related to her abusive upbringing, and the police have had no luck corroborating her story That's as tough. they have interviewed her neighbors from that time, and they all deny a young boy ever living in the home and claims that her story is ridiculous. I mean, I can see that, mm-hmm. but also, like, 
I don't know if you, I mean, not that I would ever buy a child to abuse them physically, sexually, mentally, whatever. But if we're looking into that, that mother's headspace, right. And Mm -hmm. we're thinking about, all right, she wants to buy this kid to be a fucked up human. Yeah. Like I personally wouldn't be letting that kid out and about like, it's kind of like this, like how people never really, I mean, people did like with the Cleveland kidnappings, Mm -hmm. like they didn't really see anyone people, yeah. they didn't see people like jc yeah. jc dugard pure no fucking example no one knew that yeah. philip and nancy garrido had jc and her yes. two girls in the fucking backyard and they were like oh mm-hmm. we never knew they were there exactly yeah, because they hide them exactly like, i think it's kind of like one of those situations would be one of those situations as well as like i don't know why no one was like monitoring my reading habits as a young oh my person God, seriously christ yeah because like we talked about how like we like ellen hopkins and shit like that but like when I was, I swear, I was probably only, like, in eighth or ninth grade, I read a book that was an autobiography by a man that was called Cry Silent Tears by, I think his name was, like, Joe Peters. I want to read. It's about child abuse, right? Yes. I want to read that. Yeah. Oh, it was horrific. But when he was a young boy, his mother locked him in the basement for, like, mm-hmm. two years. Yep. And his whole family, like, brutally abused him mm-hmm. for two years. No one knew he was down there. Mm-hmm. It like, happens all the fucking time with child abuse cases. You lock yeah. them away. That way, you no one no sees one knows them. that they're there. No it's one like sees the Turpin them. family. No yes. one knew that that was happening. Exactly because they were all locked inside. No one knew exactly. ten kids lived there. Exactly. So you're yeah. not gonna have this kid. Granted, maybe a little different yes. in the fifties because like people would just like fucking hit their kids mm-hmm. in the fifties, whatever. But like, why <sighs> would they know? Also, for the next theory. I think that this theory in some ways could also be combined with the last one mm-hmm. and could also lend to why they specifically deny a young boy ever living there. Okay. Okay. So the last theory that is often thrown around uh, in this case is the girl theory. Okay. So forensic artist Frank Bender theorized that perhaps the boy in the box had not been, been identified by the public all these years because he believes that perhaps that before the boy's death, he was publicly being raised as a girl. Okay. He came to this conclusion after being tasked with assisting in the recreation sketch of the boy in the box. And when looking at the hair clippings, realized that they were quite long and that the boy's eyebrows appeared to have been shaped or stylized. Mm. So to see if this theory could be helpful in solving the case, Bender released a sketch of the boy in the box drawn as how he believed the child would have looked if he was publicly being raised as a girl in the hopes of someone recognizing the child. But obviously, this did not lead Mm. anywhere either. But that's an interesting theory, because if someone kind of to hop back to when I said if someone were to purchase a child Mm -hmm. to abuse them like this woman, like Martha claims her mom did, that would be an interesting way to, Mm -hmm. To you know, to conceal it. Because at the end of the day, you have a little girl that you should Mm -hmm. like. Think, like think about it like we're two we're two women adjacent people who live in a house together yeah. all of a sudden if like i if i cut my hair really short mm-hmm. like oh well, who's that boy living with you yep. oh tori's not here anymore you yep. know what i mean like it's exactly it's, it's, it's an that's an interesting theory on mm-hmm. how to and it's also and yeah. also adding on to it that's also an added part of humiliation yes and abuse how many serial killers do we know that their parents dress them up as girls to humiliate them yep you know what i mean and so that adds to i'm it. still curious to know as to what surgeries they thought this child had had because like yes. i mentioned well the l-shaped scar on his chin they believe that that was probably mm-hmm. just a regular scar but they particularly said that the scar near his groin and his ankle mm-hmm. were surgical in yeah nature. which is mm, so i'm weird. curious to know 
what kind of surgeries would mm-hmm. a three to seven year old child be having mm-hmm. that are left with these kinds of scars? Yeah, and I'm, and they don't know this. They've never released it. Okay, they I don't think release. They okay. know, but I, I don't say, think they're they saying. If they did an autopsy, like you could tell when shit what like kind? that happens. Yes. But I'm happy they didn't re- release it. Kind of like with the Delphi murders, how a lot of stuff mm-hmm. wasn't released because they don't want to release it and then have some croc, like some croc, yeah. come forward and be like, yeah. "I did the blah, 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 exactly." Blah, blah. Like, like no. they. I think they know a lot more of the circumstances oh, yeah. of what they think happened to this child and that they've been holding it close to the vest for many years, like the baked beans thing and the, for the stomach content, these things, because they want to prove mm-hmm. who yeah. really did And that did way they this. can also, like, now that they have, I'm assuming you're going to talk about the yes. identity of this child, like, mm-hmm. you know, now that they've found this out, they can start releasing these little tidbits yes. as a, like, kind of like with the Delphi murders, how, yep. like... Granted, it happened in 2017. I think mm-hmm. it was 2017, if I'm not mistaken. 2015. 2015. Mm-hmm. It happened in 2015. Like, it took four years for them to release the audio clip yeah. of the guy saying, guys, down the hill. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they they even though this is 66 years pieces. later, yeah. but this is, it's a little different because they were looking for a suspect, not exactly. the identity of the girls. Yes. So it makes sense. Yes. Anyway. So, and because this, they were looking for everything. They have yeah. no, they had no answers. Literally just a beaten, abused, dead boy is all they had. So fucked up. That's it. So although this case is decades old and for a long time was ice cold, this case all the years since his discovery has been actively being worked on since the 1957 discovery. Mm -hmm. So in recent years, some of the new efforts that have been um, that in March of 2016, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children also known as Nick Mick, mm-hmm. released a forensic facial reconstruction of the boy in the box and added him to the national database. Okay, cool. That's good. Yes. So a big deal. Yeah. So as well as in recent years, in 2017, two writers came forward to the police stating that they believed that they may have found relatives of the unidentified boy living in Memphis and asked PD to investigate or the police department to investigate. Mm-hmm. So the Philly PD tested the DNA of the family members in comparison with the boy in the box. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, again, there was no connection. Mm. And of course, the biggest news of all is that on November 30th, 2022, the Philadelphia Police Department publicly shared that through DNA and genealogical database testing, they found the name of the boy in the box. I'm like, I have chills. I'm ready for it. I'm ex- like, because uh, I've been, we've been waiting this, for this for 66 years. This little years. boy deserves a name. To, a name, deserves to have a tombstone that says his mm-hmm. name. He does not deserve to be unidentified. No. And we deserve to know what happened to him. So this is one step yes. in the right direction. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think we literally, in like the next year, we are going mm-hmm. to know yeah. all of the circumstances. Yeah. And I'm so, so ecstatic for mm-hmm. this poor boy to get yeah. some version of justice and for his truth to finally yes, be known. Yes, exactly. So forensic genealogist Colleen Fitzpatrick, who is the president of the Identifinders International, uh, worked with the Philly investigators to help with the genealogical testing. Mm -hmm. She claims that this case has been one of the most challenging of her career as it took over two and a half years just to make the DNA that was extracted from his 2019 exhumation uh, usable for testing. Damn. Well, yeah, it's so fucking old. It's so old. So but they were in 2019 they did exhume his body and was mm-hmm. able to extract dna from a tooth that's impressive yes but it took two and a half years mm-hmm. to make that dna usable for testing mm-hmm. so the boy has now been identified as joseph's 
Joseph Augustus Zarelli, mm-hmm. who was born on January 13th, mm-hmm. 1953. Mm-hmm. So he was only just after his fourth birthday. Jesus Christ. So police have confirmed that this was found through DNA testing, but through further digging found that Joseph was never issued a social security number. Mm. So that is why they were never able to find in records this boy. Yeah. Because there was no record necessarily of his birth and being issued a social security number and clearly no record of his death legally. Jesus. Yes. So police have not released the names of the boy's parents, although they have been able to determine who they are. Okay. So they are not releasing their names at this time as both of them are dead, Mm -hmm. but they have left behind on both sides multiple living children. Mm -hmm. So police would like to protect their confidentiality at this time. Mm -hmm. So they are not releasing the names of the parents. Okay. So, so, so not releasing the names of the parents, but they have like... The siblings, siblings of this yes. boy. So full-blown oh siblings, God. half-siblings on each side of Jesus. the parents. So there <gasps> are siblings out oh there. Oh, my God. Who probably know something. They could or they may not. Oh, true, true, true. If, cause if this, this was their oldest child, true, and this, they may not never what have if known. It, what if it was a... What if they had this child when they were really, really young, like 16, yeah. 17 years old? And all of a sudden, and, Joseph is just gone one mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Jesus. Like, so... We will see, obviously, Mm -hmm. as time goes on, but this case became solved thanks to a man named Justin Thomas, Mm -hmm. as it was him having his DNA tested on a genealogy site five years ago that led them to a family that matched. Wow. So this is another case where sites like 23andMe Mm -hmm. and other family tree organizations have led to the solving of cold cases. Damn. So the police have also stated that they suspect that they know who is responsible for the death mm-hmm. and the circumstances behind it, but they will not be releasing those details at this time, either uh, either because they believe that that would be irresponsible given mm-hmm. the current state of the investigation. Okay, I'm so, glad. I'm glad they're. I'm yes. glad they're doing that. Exactly, I am too. They need to keep those to I themselves agree. until they have 100 mm-hmm. percent the culprits yeah exactly so the police believe that the boy and his family did live in south philly and are asking the public to come forward if they have any information that could help their investigation so the tip hotline number is 215-686-TIPS so 8477 Mm -hmm. so that is Mm 215-686-8477 so given that this poor boy is terrifying murder and the tragedy of him not having a name for so long so many people in the philly area had become completely invested in finding the boy's name and caring for america's unnamed child Mm. as he was called Mm -hmm. so this horrifying death gripped the heart of one of the local cemetery attendants in particular and he personally paid for the boy's original burial so but after the boy's 1998 exhumation uh from his original grave in potter's field this man's son had him reburied in ivy hill cemetery and personally paid for his headstone and all gravesite caring services oh wow so the family that works at the cemetery and provides the care to his gravesite has been interviewed tearfully awaiting the day that they can mm. finally put his real name on his grave and have stated that they will personally pay to put his real name on the grave stop okay that like makes me want to cry like that <laughs> yeah. like that got me right there mm-hmm. like that one like i have tears in my eyes right now yeah. like that that made me cry when I first saw that Ooh, interview because they Jesus. have been waiting for 66 years. The man, I believe the original man is that paid for it is deceased, but his son has taken on this legacy and Jesus. has been caring for this grave ever since he was an adult as well. Oh my God. That is, 
Holy shit. So now Joseph Augustus Sorelli. So now we know what happens who that little boy is. Has his name back. However, we are still waiting to be able to fully put him Mm -hmm. to rest, knowing exactly what it was who that happened to him and who did this to him. What monster did this to him because he deserves that. He deserves to have his truth known and what really happened to him known. Mm -hmm. But so far, what used to be America's unnamed child Mm -hmm. has a name. Thank God. Like poor that poor boy like mm-hmm. rest in peace joseph like yeah. i'm so glad he finally has a name mm-hmm. like it's i'm glad that you know his grave will finally say who his he name. is because he deserves that and we'll finally and, have his real birthday on yes it. his jesus unfortunately we won't his, we still won't have his exact death day mm-hmm. until everything is proven mm-hmm. i guess yeah but he will finally have good the real his real identity mm-hmm. on his grave yeah for good. the rest of ever <laughs> good i'm so glad that damn that i i yeah those theories are definitely interesting i'm very Absolutely. interested to see what comes out in the next mm-hmm. few years about this case what happened who did it you know if the siblings will come forward eventually and talk about if there's any abuse to them yeah. you know if which, they knew joseph but, yeah they knew him but here's the thing if they knew him if let's say he wasn't mm-hmm. the oldest let's say it was you know he was a middle kid or the youngest or mm-hmm. something like that whatever um you know they may not have experienced abuse because in a lot of a lot of families they, who abuse that their kids been a scapegoat. it is there's it one child who is the abuse like abused. a gabriel um, gabriel fernandez yeah it could have been like that horrible situation it could mm-hmm. be been something like that it could have been that these children were all horribly abused and were mm-hmm. too terrified to like ever the turpin come family. forward yeah mm-hmm. like the turpin family me personally out of the three most popular cases i kind of do believe maybe a little bit of a combination of the girl theory and Mm -hmm. the martha theory i agree that that holds more weight to me however personally what i believe probably happened was that i don't necessarily 100 percent believe in this being a trafficked or sold child Mm -hmm. i i'm more of the belief that probably joseph's birth parents were who had yeah had done this. i agree i agree i think if i can from the cases that i've like you know because i i've read about seen because mm-hmm. i i'm one that every time i see a, a kid case it fucks with me but i i research it because yeah. i want to know why what happened to this yeah. kid like this kid's story deserves to be told like gabriel mm-hmm. fernandez i've watched a documentary three or four times over oh, i will yeah, eventually yeah, tell tell that case it's one that mm-hmm. is going to take a lot of research yeah. even the one i'm doing right now my next case is it's tough is very tough um reading autopsy reports of a three and a four-year-old is very very tough mm-hmm. um you know i've always done research on on cases like that um but having done research like that like i said normally you know when it comes to the parents doing it it's like he's a scapegoat yeah. he's the one kid that is beaten and abused mm-hmm. and made yeah. to be the the one oh well you're my problem even mm-hmm. the first book that comes to mind well there's two books um one is the a child called it mm-hmm. that one his yeah. brothers were never abused it was just him mm-hmm. and another uh i think it's called um it was either call me cockroach or call me tuesday there's two books in the mm-hmm. series and it's about a woman who was abused by her mom and she had a younger disabled sister who she was disabled but she was never abused never mm-hmm. that was her mom's baby yeah. and she was the one who was beaten ruthlessly mm-hmm. and starved and abused because she got her sister sick once with the flu Jesus. like it was it was it was very yeah. tough to read but it was a very good book mm-hmm. uh, but a lot of times it's only usually if it's only 
in from what I understand, it's either all the kids are very ruthlessly beaten and ruth- mm-hmm. like and like completely abused, or, or one is like savagely yeah. beaten, savagely abused. Which I think it could be a little bit of that, and that it may be that Joseph was the target mm-hmm. for a lot of abuse. But I think why, although childhood child abuse cases are extremely horrific and mm-hmm. hard to talk about and that i find to be very difficult for mm-hmm. me to stomach mm-hmm. i think one of the reasons why i picked this case or like i picked the sylvia Lykins case or things like this is because i want to make people so very aware and to change the narrative mm-hmm. of what happens behind closed doors Does is not, not your family's doors. business no. and just your family's business Mm-mm. it is deadly it is dangerous and mm-hmm. it is not acceptable yep it is not okay to hurt your children mm-hmm. it is not okay to look a blind eye to other people mm-hmm. hurting their children mm-hmm. it is all of our responsibility as mm-hmm. a community to make sure that every child has the right and birthright to live a happy Mm -hmm. healthy and safe life Mm -hmm. no child should be unsafe Mm -mm. in their home Mm -mm. ever Mm -mm. and i I think this case especially is one of the many cases that shows you child abuse is not just something that happens Mm -hmm. in families or fucked up families this is deadly this is Mm -hmm. dangerous and this is what it leads to mm-hmm. people who harm their children. It 100% can lead to mm-hmm. a death. It's, it's it's kind of in the same breath, like, you know, speaking as someone who is still, you know, still in the victim services field, domestic violence field. You know, I am a mandated reporter. And mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, technically, I think legally you still are technically yeah. like I am a mandated reporter, which means mm-hmm. like by law, I am legally obligated to mandate yeah. to report child abuse to a tip line mm-hmm. if I am told about it, if I witness it, if I yes. if I was if I suspect any type of neglect, abuse, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think people realize how prevalent child abuse is oh it's horrific in my one year at my old agency i probably made over 50 reports in that one year oh yeah like it is i would make report at least twice a week and that is granted it was very like my abuser pushed me with my kid in my arms that's still still bad yeah but like the amount of reports and even at the place i work at now like Mm -hmm. the amount of times we have had people come into our shelter who have physically abused their kids is, is insane absolutely. and people don't realize how often it happens and what yes. abuse looks like because yeah. child abuse is not just a gabriel fernandez or or, mm-hmm. or a joseph case it's, this is not mm-hmm. just like that it is also spanking your kids as child abuse yes hitting your kids putting your hands on your mm-hmm. kids i don't give a fuck what anybody thinks That's i was spanked abuse. as a kid yeah. that's you do not put your hands no. on your kids it fucks it, you up for the rest of your life exactly it creates pathways in a child's brain that leads them to be more prone to aggression mm-hmm. to acting out towards others to physically harming others and it it does lead to depression kids are mm-hmm. more likely to develop mental illness and depression especially after having suffered from any form of child abuse mm-hmm. and especially physical abuse mm-hmm. i will never be one to look at a kid and be like you're being bad at you need to be hit yeah never because it's- at the end of the day hitting someone you wouldn't look at your best friend if they're being a bitch and sock them in yeah, the no. fucking face you'd get arrested if you Here- hit another so, adult so here's here's the thing i always i always bring up in, in my line of work mm-hmm. it's like a ma- like a, a a partner hitting another partner is yeah. fucked up like yeah. is like think about let's say a partner is screaming at like imagine okay here here's a story imagine someone you're there's someone in a laundry room mom is 
is like squaring up to you like they're mm-hmm. uh, the, you're the person squaring up to the other person right yeah. is being like what are you gonna do what are you gonna do you start crying she's the person screams at you what why the fuck are you crying what are you doing mm-hmm. why the fuck are you crying yeah and then slaps you if that was two adults that's a fight yeah but that's abuse but, but then there's a mom doing that to her four-year-old daughter that's not okay yeah that's how is that not how is that illegal you're, or you're taking the same situation that that mm-hmm. either landed someone in a shelter or is a like abuse of two adults mm-hmm. and you're putting that on a mom and a kid not only is there more of a power dynamic because that kid cannot fight back no. they that have kid no is four rights. or five years old yeah they cannot fucking fight back no. how dare you yes. do that to anybody yeah. much less a fucking child and children have no rights of their own no you are they are literally especially as someone as as young as mm-hmm. joseph was or as young as gabriel fernandez was yeah like they rely on their parents for everything for protection for everything they yeah. can't shit on the toilet by themselves without wiping their like they can't yeah. wipe their own ass why should literally why would you think that it is an acceptable thing to do to a a tiny tiny human being who literally cannot do anything they cannot Mm -hmm. consent to even going to school Mm -hmm. like there are laws that say they have to because they cannot make choices yet Mm -hmm. it literally like and it's also it if you physically hurt your kids because i know there are gonna people out there be like oh i spanked my kids they turned out fine yeah okay they may have but you broke that trust yes there is a reason that people Mm -hmm. who are spanked don't trust the people who who did the spanking as well as whenever people say that sentence to me i'm like your child if they did turn out okay turned out okay in spite of you not because you did that they did not turn out good because you did that they turned out good despite that you did that yes and there are so many people who turn into abusers because Because that is what they're used to they were taught Hit so if you're bigger, hit people. Yep. If some if if you don't like some something someone's doing, like th- think about that logic. Think about that. When mm-hmm. I you learn, okay, you look at your mom and your dad, okay, or you look mm-hmm. at your 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 guardian, whatever. Okay, so in order to get food, you go into the kitchen, you get a bowl, you pour yourself, you get a spoon, you eat. You you mimic that behavior, mm-hmm. but but then you look at that person and say, all right, well, I did something bad, I broke something, mommy hit me or my dad mm-hmm. hit me then that means that every time you do something bad, you're expecting a hit. Yes, or that is what you do. mm -hmm. So then you're mimicking that behavior. Yes. Uh, That's also one of the things that always, like, baffled me. Like, you just hit your kid because your your kid hit someone else. And you're yelling at your kid you don't hit people by hitting them. Exactly. So you're perpetrating the behavior you want to stop in them. Yes. Like, what the fuck? So how does that make any sense? Yeah. As well as, like, I don't want to necessarily shame other parents. But... I 100% am of the belief that I understand that this was normal and commonplace for so many years mm-hmm. and for decades to people, but that does not mean that it's okay. Times just are be- fucking changing. Yeah, times are changing. And just because one thing was something that you grew up with and was normal to you does not necessarily mean that it is right. There's yeah. the difference between legal and moral. News, news fucking flash, people. I don't know. Mm-hmm. People grew up in the fucking 60s where people who were people of color had to mm-hmm. drink out of a different water yeah. fountain. That's not okay. Nope. You know what's also not okay? Hitting your fucking kids. Exactly. You know what I mean? When like we it's learn not... and when we learn that something is not right, that means we need to do better. Not just say that because historically this is something that was done doesn't mean that it's right. The phrase this is how it's always been done pisses me off. Yeah. Because you know what? That not only not only halt mm-hmm. progress in, you know, reform when it comes to social change, to policies, to mm-hmm. laws, whatever, but it also stops 
you know, people from realizing, hey, this thing I did is fucked up and it's bad, which is ridiculous. Like, just because things have always been done this way does not mean it's the best way, does not mean it's the right way, does not mean mean it's the moral way. Growth or innovation doesn't exist. Growth is not bad. And you know what? Here's the thing. I have met parents through my line of work and personally that have been like, you know what? I have hit my kids before Mm -hmm. and I feel bad about it. I don't do it anymore. And I live every day regretting that I hit my kids because now they don't trust Mm -hmm. me. And they try every day to fix that. And I admire them for that. You know, like I'm not. Uh, do really I really th- big of them yes and it doesn't happen often no. because people don't want to admit that type of stuff but when they do yeah. it shows such growth in people yeah and like, like it's i understand nobody wants to feel like they've done wrong or and it's an embarrassing thing yes. for a lot of people i get it there's a lot of shame tied to it because you know that what now as an adult or now looking back you know what you did was wrong mm-hmm. and i don't want to shame people from thinking that they and for thinking that they're a bad person forever because they did this thing yes and having to like stick to their guns and basically double down because they're so embarrassed mm-hmm. and so ashamed of what they did. There is no shame mm-hmm. in saying that what you used to, that you've made mistakes yeah. and doing better. Mm-hmm. So that is also what I really want people to take from this is if you have done these things, that does not necessarily mean that you are an evil, evil no. person and you are free for, and you are never going to be able to have redemption redemption does exist Mm -hmm. you can do better you can make changes and although change is hard and is stressful and it takes a lot of work it is worth doing Mm -hmm. and it is possible and i have faith that you can do it yes yes exactly and it's you know there is we'll put resources for um reporting child abuse especially Mm -hmm. in pennsylvania um something called childline um you know as well as like i think i'm gonna do some research when we upload this to try to have some resources of like how to do how to kind of like combat that yes uh and do some work to help children who have experienced this Mm -hmm. as well as like i probably want to like link some real there's this one guy that i follow on tiktok who's really awesome he is a child uh, and family therapist who teaches parents uh, a method called gentle parenting yes and i do want to put out there and this is my coworker says a Mm -hmm. lot and i do appreciate this Gentle parenting is a privilege. Mm-hmm. Like being able to sit down with your child and talk to them, it's very tough to do so. You know what I mean? So, um, if you hear anything in the mic, um, Noodle is rubbing himself against Tay's mic right now. Yes, he's like cute. loving on me and being very nice. I think because he realizes we're talking about something that upsets both of us. Yes, and um, then I think there's food here and he wants yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, gentle parenting is a privilege. It, it is. is it is hard to do and it is very frustrating and everyone has, makes mistakes and it takes but, time and it takes and time and, and work. And that's something we talk about a lot, especially in our shelter program, me and my coworker, because, you know, in reality, it is a privilege. Like in mm-hmm. order to be able to have the patience and have the wherewithal and emotional intelligence as an adult to sit down with a three year old who does not understand big feelings and talk about what that mm-hmm. means and what you know appropriate reactions are that's tough to do it's a privilege yeah but it is worth trying it is worth like in my and i i've said this before every everything worth doing is worth half-assing you can half-ass gentle parent you can you can you can you can gentle parent you you can start there's a starting block somewhere exactly as well as like everything that's good that's worth doing although it takes effort to start once it becomes a habit it comes naturally exactly Exactly. And it feels worth it in the end. It's the same as like trying to get degrees, working on yourself, going mm-hmm. to therapy, our oh favorite God, thing yes. in the whole world. Therapy mm-hmm. is hard work. It 
hurt sometimes it to do fucking better for yourself. Sucks. I love our therapist. Yeah. Love her. I will be lying if mm-hmm. I said I haven't come home and had a fucking mental breakdown after the shit we've talked oh, about. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to lie that I don't most of the time leave sessions like crying mm-hmm. driving home because it hurts mm-hmm. doing like doing that work and making yourself better and healing your own mm-hmm. broken wounds. But it's worth it. Yeah. I literally was having this conversation the other day with the person that I'm dating that literally the person that I was seven years ago is nothing like the person mm-hmm. that I am now. And I don't want to shame the person I was seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say that I hate that person because it's still saying that I hate me. And by it's also, saying that. and also you, it's it's still you and it's yeah. and it's still like you had to put work in to be who you are now mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I mean and I and I say that to you like you knew me before I started therapy mm-hmm. and like I'm a different person back and not drastically drastically mm-hmm. but an, I'm definitely a different person mm-hmm. back now than I was back then yes I do I like how I handled certain situations back then no but like mm-hmm. I also provide myself some grace because it was hard mm-hmm. and it's hard to get where you are it's hard to get where I am you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I've been in therapy for about a year and a half now, and it's fucking hard. Shit is hard. It's hard. It's hard being a person. Yes. So we don't want people to think that this work is so hard that it's not possible, but it is. Mm -hmm. It's it doesn't always feel like pushing a rock up a hill Mm -hmm. for all eternity. It doesn't feel like that. Mm -hmm. It it feels like it gets a little lighter the more you go, and the further up the hill you go, it gets easier and easier because you've been doing it, Mm -hmm. and it's worth it. And Mm -hmm. it's. It's good for you. Yeah. It helps you. And it's, you know, I want to also put out there, like, if you're someone who is struggling with parenting and if you're struggling with learning how to be a a good parent or I don't want to say good, that's a very subjective term. Yeah. If you're learning how to be a parent that does not include yelling at your kids or hitting mm-hmm. your kids, there is help out there for yes. you. People think that Childline or Children and Youth or DIFUS mm-hmm. or Human Services, whatever, or DHS, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. In Pennsylvania, it's Children and Youth. In New Jersey, yeah. it was always called DIFUS. In New York, it's, it's DHS yeah, or something well, like that. Uh, for New York City, in like upstate New York, it's more like um, CPS. CPS, yes. Yeah, so Child CPS, CYS, Children and Youth, mm-hmm. uh, DIFUS, DHS, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. They are a lot of times seen as bad guys. And they yeah. can be bad guys. They I have be, worked yeah. with some really shitty CYS workers. Oh, yeah. However, Same. there are some CYS workers that want nothing more than to make sure mom or parent and kids are staying together. Yeah. There was a woman I worked with at one point in time that was physically abusing her kids. <laughs> and her kids were were not taken away from her <laughs> because her CNY worker wanted so bad to make sure that she yeah. could stay with her kids. She was doing everything she could to help that mom. <laughs> learn how to not hit her kids exactly. there is help out there i have had clients call yeah. mm-hmm. children youth on themselves not to make a report about abuse to say i need, need help. help yeah and granted i'm there, struggling i need help. exactly there are resources out there for you Absolutely. you are not alone and there are some you know. free resources out there to yes. help support you uh, to help teach you to mm-hmm. help guide you um i'm definitely going to link that man's tiktok because i think he's wonderful yep but there are so many great resources mm-hmm. out there and I hope that those are the many things that people then end mm-hmm. up like looking into and kind of want to take a deep dive into because mm-hmm. it's awesome. And mm-hmm. I really wish that like for especially like people like Joseph, that mm-hmm. these were all things that could have existed so mm-hmm. that a child like him did not have to die and spend yeah. the last 66 years not even having his own name. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's a very tough case. And this is a very long winded us ranting very loudly. Yeah, sorry and for our debrief. <laughs> it, uh, it's kind of it. This is one of those cases that it, this reminds me of the Laura, Laura Gallo case, Laura yeah. Bobbitt case, Lorena. Sorry, not Laura, Lorena, Lorena Ball. Ba- 
Lorena Gallo, Lorena <laughs> Bobbitt case where, you know, we talked for a while. It was a long episode because we talked about it for a while. Like, we're passionate about this it. is something that is we are very passionate about. And, you know, in the case that you will hear me talk about, I'm going to give a little preview <laughs> where um, I'm, I'm going to be talking about the Watts family, the Watts family murders. Um, I was going to try to have it ready to record today. So we had a had a backup episode on deck. Um, however, I realized that I have currently 10 sources mm-hmm. um, have need to watch two documentaries about it. I want to buy a book about it. Um, so this is, might be a two parter. Um, oh, it's a very oh, yeah. involved case. Um, very horrific. I spent an hour and a half last night reading autopsy reports of Shanann and the girls. Mm. Um, so it's going to be a very tough case, but you're going to hear us talk a lot about it in that case as well, yeah. about children and families and violence and stuff like that. So um, just be prepared. Yeah. The next couple episodes are going to be a little bit rough. Um, yeah, please take we, care of yourselves take care and of listen yourselves. with care. We, we love you guys. Um, I do want to put out there, we may not have an episode next week. Um, mm-hmm. Taya is going to be away um, at a, you know, uh, at a memorial for the mm-hmm. the person that was lost in, in her family so you know give give her a lot of love um mm-hmm. it's gonna be a tough weekend um yeah. i'm not gonna be home next weekend either i'm gonna be at my parents house watching mm-hmm. my parents idiot four-year-old dog um so. Yeah, so we're gonna need a little grace a little patience yeah. but we appreciate that even mm-hmm. when we don't post or like that when we have to skip a week and when we tell you guys like what the reasons mm-hmm. for that are that people have been very kind and very yes. supportive yeah so we really appreciate you guys um you know we're not gonna have an episode next week i think we kind of kind of decided that yeah. we have an, a, a conspiracy one on deck but mm-hmm. it's that's kind of a we'll yeah use that that's our backup for like if we really really have sick. nothing yeah, yeah or something like that this is one of those things that i feel like first of all it's the holidays uh, i feel like you guys mm-hmm. are pretty good about you know realizing that the holidays were people too um mm-hmm. you know the next month and a half might be a little rough when it comes to episodes just because you know in two weeks in two weeks it is christmas Oh my god! So we m- and we don't even have a tree up. We yeah, uh, we don't have a tree up yet, which breaks my heart. But it's okay. We'll, yeah. We're doing it today. We've been depressed. It's fine. <laughs> um, but so you know, give us a lot of grace. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys. Um, if you want to follow along with us, know when our next episode is posted. You can follow us on Instagram at Figures in the Dark. You can follow us on Twitter at Figures in the Dark, but dark spelled D R K. You can send us an email with your case suggestions, any resources you have for people going through child abuse, people who want to be better about not hitting their kids. Mm-hmm. If you want to tell a story about how something happened to you, you know, we are always here yeah. for you guys. If you guys want to talk, we are here. Um, you can email us at figures in the dark podcast at gmail.com and then yeah oh wait we forgot the facebook oh shit yeah, yeah. and then you can you got so passionate about child Carrie. abuse that uh. yeah. um you can send us a message on facebook uh share our page you know like our page we have a lot oh, of and we have some people who were messaging us recently i oh. want to go back through and uh show you the messages but we did have someone who thanked us for how we handle cases of abuse oh, that. um and that we that they really like our dynamic as oh, well good. as that they really appreciate um the way that we talk about these difficult topics in a very mm-hmm. respectful way and we appreciate that because i was actually talking to my coworker last night um mm-hmm. before i continue the story yeah our facebook is figures in the dark yes just yes. before i forget because <laughs> i will forget mm-hmm. um i was talking to my coworker last night about the case and she was asked or about uh, the chris watts case the watts family mm-hmm. murders and she was asking, like, how we do it. And I was saying it's it's tough sometimes because, mm-hmm. you know, true crime, I always say true crime is an inherently controversial topic. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is inherently controversial because at the end of the day, any money we make off on make off this podcast is because we are talking about crime, yeah. is because we are talking about people who were murdered, abused, tortured, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it is a very tough thing to it's tough. Like yeah. we started this because we talked to each other about it, but it is very tough because 
it's the, it, we run a very thin line between talking about it for the victims and talking about the victims. Yes. If that makes any sense. So I really appreciate that these people told us that, you know, we do a good job of telling it mm-hmm. in a very respectful way because I never want to disrespect a victim. Yes. At, oh, mm-hmm. now I remember exactly what it was. It was about um, the girls school the girls okay, uh, cool. the lakeland yeah. girls academy and that they had said that they were very appreciative of the way we told it because we didn't sensationalize it and make this mm-hmm. a story of bad girls mm-hmm. when in actuality this was a story of abusive adults yep and this is and that's something that we always hope mm-hmm. to do like we will never like when it, even like the jc dugard stuff like i'm never gonna you know jc dugard with the, the yeah. joseph story we're not with- telling you these details with the intention of sensationalize no. and sensationalizing what happened and to purposely terrify and really gross you out yeah, and we're, you we're out. not we're not here to tell these things to people to be like ew look how gross look at what yeah. happened to this kid it's we're here because this boy didn't have a name yes and we want to bring to light who this boy is and there's a case that i'm going to do it's uh, the junko um Fiatura case and it's a very horrific case mm-hmm. i've only heard one podcast cover it it's very horrific but mm-hmm. i want to cover it because she was a 16 year old girl who was murdered in japan and she had the stuff that she went through was horrific and she mm-hmm. deserves to have people know what happened to her because those people who almost got away with it are fucking monsters and you know at the end of the day we did this and we you know in our description on spotify and all of our websites it literally says you know we do this because we want to bring Mm -hmm. light we don't want what the victims to have gone through to be for naught Mm -hmm. we want to tell these stories so people are aware of what happened and you know make sure that stuff like this doesn't happen again just bring light to it because a lot of things we talk about like Tay was saying stuff. People say child abuse, domestic violence, sexual assault, rape. That does not stay behind closed doors. It should not. And so it It thrives in the darkness. And mm -hmm. really the only way to keep people from having to continue to suffer is to bring it to the light. Exactly. It is not a it is not something we should be quiet about. And I I mean, if I'm currently in the field and I plan to be for for at least a little bit, you know, I never want to keep anything like that quiet. And this is part of my way not only you know i do i do it for work but this is my way of bringing this into my personal life because it's mm-hmm. something that has directly affected me and a lot of people i very much love and very much care about and it's not fair to us as survivors to have mm-hmm. this shit be not talked about yeah and i don't want anyone to have to you know go through something for pure example i was talking to my coworker last night about lorena bob at lorena mm-hmm. gallo and she was like, I didn't know that he was an abuser. I didn't know that he yeah. was a rapist. No one knows that. No. Everyone thinks she just popped off and cut off her husband's dick. Yeah. No, she did that because she was ruthlessly abused and yes. raped and forced to have abortions. Yeah. Like, this is not, she is was not a crazy woman. Yeah, she was not a crazy woman who did this out of spite. Exactly. She and husband. so that's part of the reason hearing someone say that once I brought that up to her was like, oh, I didn't know that. That's the reason we do this. Mm-hmm. Because we want people to know that stuff like the this. The victim stories. The victim stories. Exactly. So. All that long-winded explanation to say we really appreciate all of our listeners. Yes. And please like, follow, rate, and subscribe on all of the places where we are, which is... Yeah, we have... Jesus Christ. We have... I think we have eight or nine platforms. The biggest ones I can pop off on my head... Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, um, Google Google Music. We are on iHeartRadio. We are on um, Anchor. We're on Stitcher. We're on Not Radiocast. We're on like three other small podcasting okay. but we're pretty much every every platform we can stream podcasts on we're pretty much on the ones that Yay! we're not on mm-hmm. if we're not let me know i'll try my best to get us on mm-hmm. there it's obviously taken me a good five months to get on apple music because <laughs> apple music's been pissing me off 
don't yeah, sue were, me. Yeah, they were um, just they were being annoying. About their way of but, doing shit. Um, with that being said, you know we we really appreciate you guys. Um, like subscribe, follow on all those platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, we love you guys. Mm-hmm. I know we're kind of we talk a lot about stuff, but yes, you know, I'm very sorry. This was a very long debrief, and yes. we've had a lot of tangents this episode. But we much appreciate you yes. staying with us. But thank you for listening, and as always, beware the figures in the dark. All right, bye. bye.